Well, praise God. <clears throat> Let's look together at uh, what the Bible tells us in answer to what must I do to be saved? I mean, really, what, what can I do to get to heaven? What have I got to do? And now remember, we, <laughs> we can't just make up our own rules here. Uh, we need to find out the truth so that we will know we've, we've arrived. But anyway, of course, the Bible is our key. It's the greatest thing to ever know is what the Scripture says about this. Otherwise, you're forever worried, and you're like, man, I don't know. I'm just going to, as some folks say, I'm going to bust hell wide open. <laughs> I'm not going to heaven. How can I know? Well, let's turn to the Bible, and let's find out. Praise God. Oh, you know, actually, the phrase, what must I do to be saved, that comes right out of a story in the book of Acts, and that's where I'm going to start here first. But it's in Acts chapter 16, and I'm not getting into the details of the story, but all of a sudden, there was a prison guard. He thought all hope was gone, and he thought everybody had escaped. Something had happened, and uh, uh, he drew out his sword and uh, was about to kill himself. And Paul, the apostle Paul, who was in prison, uh, <clears throat> he said, hey, hey, don't kill yourself. And the guy, the captain of the guard there, the, the prison keeper, he just simply said to Saul, I mean to Paul, well, it used to be Saul, he said to Paul, he said, what must I do to be saved? Now, whoa, there's that question, so let's see what the answer is. Uh, and so here's what happened. And he brought them out and said unto them, this is uh, Acts chapter 16, look at verse 30 here. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Okay, well, now here's the apostle Paul. Anybody that should know, he would, right? Okay, watch this. So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, did you notice that it said, so they said. That means Paul and Silas. There was two of them. So there was no disagreement here. They both knew what the answer was. And saints, it's the same answer always. We are worrying ourselves silly as Christians if you don't know you're going to heaven. So let's get this one more time. One place in the book of Acts here, chapter 16, verse 30, this fellow asked, he says, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Well, let's go back to the book of John, John's Gospel. And in John's Gospel, look down here at, um, at chapter 3, and let's look at something right here. You say, I know a verse in John chapter 3. Well, I bet you do. That's exactly where we're going. <laughs> John 3 and verse 16, look what he says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It just means his only child, okay? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wow. So what do you need to do here? Well... We climb fences? No. We scale mountains? Uh, do we swim an ocean? No. <laughs> mm -mm. We do what? Let's see. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. Okay. So we need to believe in Jesus. Wow. And it said here, he shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's keep reading. Look at verse 17. All these verses here alongside of John 3.16 are fantastic. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Boy, we have that backwards sometimes. We think he did. Boy, God's man, he's, and he, I mean, 
you know, he's coming back and boy, is he angry. We see bumper stickers that say that. I mean, come on. But that the world, look at this, through him might be saved. Notice it didn't say through you. Well, I'm just going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to quit that. And I'm going to be a better this and a better that. That's not what he said. And he could have easily said that, but that's not what he said. He said that the world through him might be saved. Now, how am I going to be saved through him? Well, like he said in verse 16, you're going to have to trust him. He said, believe uh, in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Wow. You just believe in Jesus. In other words, my only way to get to heaven, to miss hell, is to believe in Jesus. Yeah. Well, then you've arrived. That's it. You're just trusting him to get you there. He who believes in him uh, is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. One thing you need to realize about that only begotten is this is the only way. I mean, I, I mean, you, in our society with the internet and we got access to other cultures and whatever, and we're trying to be nice. All oh, let's be nice to everybody. Well, we're going to be nice. People can believe what they want to believe, but that's not going to make it right. John chapter 14, if you will. In John chapter 14, Jesus said here in verse 6, he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. Wow. But now the positive side of that for us is that we're going straight to the Father because of Jesus. But you know what? There's only one way. That's what Jesus said. There's only one way. Wow. Before we get any further here, I want to go over to uh, uh, in the same book here and go over to uh, the 8th chapter. And in the 8th chapter, this is Jesus talking here. Look what he says in verse 24. Now, you may wonder about this, you know, Richard, why do you say, you know, John, why do you say chapter 8, why do you verse 24? These are references. If I went over to your house and you wanted to show me something, wouldn't you go back to one of the rooms and say, well, I have it kept right over here? Well, that's what we do here. We have the words of Jesus. They're put in a place where we can get to them. I mean, God's not ever going to say, well, I, I didn't mean that. You know, I, I, I never said that. Well, yeah, he did. We wrote it down. And that's what we call scripture. Everybody else does it. Just let, me, let me have your car keys. Let me just toss them somewhere and not tell you where they're at. No, you want to know where your car keys are. Well, in a sense, this is the car keys to heaven. <laughs> we want to know where it is. Now, look at this car key right here we just found. Eighth chapter of John. Look over here at verse 24. And therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, what part of quitting something doing something better, being a better person, and whatever uh, is in that verse. Well, there's not any. <laughs> Your only way to heaven is Jesus. And guess what? This is absolutely simple. And it's absolutely worth being excited about, too. He says, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Wow. Well, I believe that he's he. <laughs> ah, let's go over here to, uh, let's go to Luke. It's Christmas time here. At least when I'm preaching this is. Watch this. Luke chapter uh, chapter 2 here. The story of Christmas. 
I mean, this is absolutely fantastic. You know the story, but it'll just jump off the page when we get to it every time. Watch this. All right, so uh, Luke chapter 2, the baby's born. Okay, uh, let's look down here. So let's start in verse, uh, verse 8. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Oh, yeah, okay, the first Noel. Okay, but why? Why did anybody ever get excited about it being a Christmas carol? Well, watch closely. This is something we can sing and shout over. I tell you what, I, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jesus was not a lunatic. He was actually here. I mean, people can deny and try to get people to shut up and not say anything about the Bible anymore. And I mean, and, and just try to say, well, if we won't talk about it, then it'll go away. And, and we'll just say it never was true. Oh, it was true. It is true. Always will be true. Remember, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. Anyway, <clears throat> I mean, people laugh and they'll say, you know, oh, he never was around. Hey, no, blah, blah, blah. Nuh-uh, he really was here. You signed the date. What's the date? <laughs> It's dated after something happened over 2,000 years ago. Uh, somebody by the name of Jesus was here and really shook this place up. And it wasn't because he was just always a great philosopher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Undeniable. They can't find his body, so something must have happened. Well, what happened to it? Well, he was resurrected. Somebody laughed. They go, ha, ha, resurrected. Well, have you ever asked the question why he even died? I mean, that's the worst thing you could do if you're going to be a public figure. Die. Well, he was a martyr. Well, not really. Not this kind of martyr. He was only dead three days, and then he rose to life again. Hmm. And anyway, I tell you what, the only one brave about going before Pilate was Jesus. The disciples were scared crazy. You know, so you just make a big air castle about this just thinking people just got real excited, and he really wasn't resurrected. Well, <laughs> what were they doing risking their lives for? being thrown to the lines for if it was just a fake. It wasn't a fake. There's more proofs out there if you just do a little research. But, you know, we don't want to be classified as, as an ostrich sticking our head in the sand. But, you know, sometimes some people do. But go back and do a little research. Ask questions. Don't go to your favorite person that says no. Do a little research and find out. You'll find out that, praise the Lord, somebody put their life into putting together the Bible and these words are accurate. <clears throat> now, anyway, back over here to Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be funny? All of us are celebrating something that never happened. I mean, there was no Christmas story. It was just a fake. It's not a fake. It's happened. Okay, watch this. All right, so these angels, so, no, excuse me, these shepherds are out there watching their flock by night. Luke chapter 2, now verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. I mean, I, mean, I could have never, my wildest dreams, come up with these kind of stories. You know, That's because these things really happened. Okay, so these shepherds now just got ever, ever ready batteries light just shining all over the place. You know, Duracell, whatever. This place lit up. It's supposed to be nighttime. Oh, man. And, of course, they were scared. Then the angel said unto them, but let's just stick with what the angel said. Let's just, let's just say what he said. See what he says here. And the angel said to them, do not uh, be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now, remember... We found out in John chapter 3 that God didn't send his son to do what? Condemn the world. But that the world through him could be saved. Wow. Now that is a big difference. 
you and I, we can't save ourselves. We could put a man on the moon. Hey, that's great, but guess what? Only a couple of them win each time. We almost lost two one time. So it's not like this is on a mass scale, you know. Thank God for the things we've been able to pull off. But sometimes things don't work, but guess what? God, it's not impossible to save you and I. After the disciples asked Jesus one time, he says, well, who can be saved? And Jesus said, with men it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So anyway, so here we go. He says, I bring you um, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. you got to quit excluding yourself. Thinking, well, everybody's going to make it but me. Oh, come on. Watch this. Look what else he says in verse 11. For this, for this, excuse me, for there is born to you this day in the city of David. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Well, okay, you tell me what it says. A Savior. A what? A Savior. Now, this is for all men everywhere. A Savior. Who is Christ the Lord. Now, he didn't say he's going to have somebody that's going to teach you, you know, how you can save yourself. No, he is the Savior. Wow. you got to have him. No wonder we're supposed to believe on the Lord. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, you and your household. Wow. And this will be a sign unto you, said, you will find a babe wrapped in uh, swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Okay. So, of course, they decide they're going to go down there. But anyway, uh, the next passage says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God uh, in the highest, and on earth, look what he says, peace, good will toward men. Now that wasn't just like, you know, well, God's just going to just help you, and you have a pat on the back, and, you know, and you're going to have a little baby one day too, and it makes us all think about what, you know, life is. Life is a birth. Well, guess what? Life is also, as it stands now, after you get a certain age, whatever, you get older and older, and all of a sudden, you die. That's bad. Well, that's what he's saying right here. Peace on earth <clears throat> and goodwill toward men. That grave is not going to be the end of the story. We are going on, and we're not going to hell. We're going to heaven. Bible tells us there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. Praise the Lord. Well, glory. What must I do to be saved? Well, you're right there in Luke chapter two. There, back up just a few pages. You'll be in chapter. Uh, you'll be in Mark. Now, when you're in Mark chapter sixteen, the very last chapter, look what he says. This is summing it all up. Mark chapter sixteen. Jesus is fixing to ascend into heaven and. And go up and he's, he's already resurrected. He says goodbye to the disciples. So he's telling them something real important here. And something that they would not get confused. The clarification is pretty simple. So anyway, let's see what happens here. Uh, Mark chapter 16. And look down here at, uh, look at verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, <clears throat> preach the gospel to every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Okay, what must I do to be saved? Well, notice what he said here. He who believes. He didn't say, well, I've got to turn over a new leaf. We're going to check, make sure you don't sin anymore. Look, we all blow it. Nearly the end of the Bible is a, little, is a couple of little books, three books. And they're called 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And in 2 John, chapter, uh, excuse me, 1 John, chapter 1, he tells us in verse 9, mm, 
he says, if we confess our sins, and he's talking to Christians. Because the verses above it talk about brother, 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 brother. These are brothers. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. And if that's not enough, after the ninth verse, I think there's 10 and 11, and then it starts chapter 2. And in chapter 2, he starts over with the same, he's still talking about the same thought. He says, if any man sin, we have an advocate. That means an attorney with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation for our sins. That just means the sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. In other words, denoting two kinds of people. Some people that are already in church and those who are not. <laughs> those that are Christians and those who are not. So when you are a Christian, I'm sure you've figured out, you've blown it, you've made mistakes. I mean, you know, what do you do? Oh, you, we should put a t-shirt on you and say, I'm perfect? Oh yeah, you're not gonna, you, you, you can't wear that thing down the mall without people looking at you like you're crazy. I'm perfect. You're not perfect either. <laughs> you make mistakes. I do too. <laughs> but thank God, that's not going to keep us from going to heaven. Hallelujah. But anyway, so Mark chapter 16 here, what did he say? He told them before he went to heaven. He said, hey guys, he says, I want you to go into all the world. That's very important to realize all the world. Guess what part of the world you're in right now? Well, it doesn't matter. He's, they, were, they were sent to you. And guess what? You have a copy of the Bible. So guess what? It worked. They have gone into all the world. And uh, and it says, and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, you're a creature. You know, I am too. And here it is. It's preached to us. What do we got to do? He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, don't worry about getting baptized. I mean, get baptized. You get the chance to do it. It's great. But if you'll notice, it's not the baptism. In fact, there's a scripture that says it's baptism is not what saves you. Okay. He says, but anyway, let's keep reading here. Uh, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But, but notice this. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, why did it say he, he who is not baptized? No, because it's, it's not the baptism. It's the believing. I mean, you know what it's like. When we talk about true love, we can take this for an example. You ask yourself in your heart when you're thinking about, oh, you know, somebody you think is going to be the one for you. Well, you know if you got true love or not. Well, that's how you know this thing about uh, believing in Jesus. Do you do you believe? Do you trust that He's the one for you? Uh, anyway, praise God. So he that believeth and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not will be condemned. Wow, pretty simple, isn't it? Yep. Well, we're right there in the book of Luke. Still, <clears throat> what must I do to be saved? Let's watch somebody take his last dying breath and see what we find out here. Let's go to Luke chapter uh, 23. And in Luke chapter 23, we got Jesus fixing to take his last breath. He's on the cross. Wow. Okay. And uh, he's obviously dying. And there is uh, there's some... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Thieves, remember there were three crosses. One is being crucified on his left and one's being uh, uh, crucified on his right. Let's pick it up with verse, uh, I'm reading in Luke chapter 23 and look at verse 32. And there were also two others, uh, criminals, 
led with him to be put to death. Okay, yes, because they, mm, buddy, they were, they must have done something really bad and they were going to be killed for it. And when they came to the place called Calvary, uh, there to be crucified with him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Now notice what Jesus said in verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Wow. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Now that was those below him, okay? Wow. Okay. Uh, now, let's skip ahead a little bit for the sake of time. And let's go straight down to, uh, to verse 41. Well, let's see. No, 39. 39 would be better. Then one of the criminals who was hanged, uh, who was hanged, blasphemed him, saying, "If you're the Christ, save yourself and us." Okay. In other words, get us off these crosses. But the other one answered and rebuked him and said, "Do you not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds." In other words, saying, "Man, we committed murders and they're killing us." I mean, we, we're getting what we asked for, you know. But that other prisoner. Uh, being crucified he said but Jesus but this man has done nothing wrong now listen to this this is so fantastic verse 42 what must I do to be saved then he said to Jesus Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom now what do you mean by that well this guy obviously knew that Jesus was a king because he said remember remember me when you come in your kingdom now when he was saying remember me he's like you know I mean you're way at the top and I'm just a measly nothing remember me Meaning that he hoped that Jesus would bring him into that kingdom somehow. Let's just say if he was a real king on earth, you know, and this guy was just a peasant guy, he could never get near the king. And he was just saying, hey, remember me. Well, we know the story here now. They're all three fixing to draw their last breath. I mean, it's fixed to be the end of it. This is, it's over right here. Well, according to this thief, he knew it wasn't over. Because just because he died, that wasn't going to change things. It was just meant it was over here in this world. But he knew something else was going to happen. He knew there was another kingdom. And this prisoner wanted to go. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now watch what Jesus says, verse 43. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, in other words, without a doubt, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, I'll tell you what, this guy had no chance to prove that he was going to live a worthy life. We hear that all the time. Boy, if you don't live a worthy life, you're not going to go to heaven. Well, you're trying to save yourself. And that's not what we found out in any of these scriptures yet. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What did this thief on the cross have time to do? Nothing. All he had time to do was, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, yeah, you got it. Today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Well, what more could we say? Well, I want to go to one more passage. Let's go to the book of Romans. Book of Romans, let's go to chapter 10. This is almost word for word <clears throat> what we saw in the book of Acts, chapter 16. What must I do to be saved? Okay. Romans chapter 10, look down here at... Uh, uh, let's see, verse 9, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Again, this is fantastic to know where these things are, and that's the reason we know Romans in the 10, the 10th chapter, and then verse 9, go down nine sentences or whatever, close, close to what we call sentences, we call them verses. Okay, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. 
that if thou shalt, excuse me, that if you confess with your mouth uh, the Lord Jesus, in other words, you say with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord, okay, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hmm. Okay, and then you also got to do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. No, you don't either. You go to Colossians chapter 1, read that whole first chapter. Anything you can do, you're just believing in Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, even more detail. Jesus did it all for you. That's the reason you want to believe in him. <laughs> because we hadn't figured it out. We hadn't found any way to get to heaven. But Jesus will get you there. Now let me read this again, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. The reason I like to know where it is. I don't want to say, well, somewhere in the Bible, you know, I, I don't know how you know if you're going to be saved or not. I do. Romans, it's a book to the Romans, <laughs> to those in Italy, okay, a long time ago. Wow. They actually lived in Rome. Let's read this called the book of Romans. Chapter 10. Thank God somebody put numbers on these things. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, that's the reason it's important for you to say, if you don't just say it to yourself, that Jesus is my Lord. Okay? That's how you identify who you are. What's your name? Well, my name's Richard. Okay, you just confessed your name is Jesus. He's telling you to confess Jesus now is Lord. In other words, call him your Lord. He is my Lord. <laughs> I believe in him. Anyway, and he says, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Wow. In other words, you know what he did. He died on the cross. Three days later, he rose again. <clears throat> Pretty simple, isn't it? Now look at verse 10. This, this just outlines it beautifully. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Hmm. Okay, with your heart. In other words, your innermost being, you actually believe. That's what you believe with. It's not your reasoning. <clears throat> you reason this thing out. Now nah, you just you just know. Okay, I believe. I believe. Notice. And he says when you believe, he says you believe unto, or you could say you become righteousness. Well, what he means by righteousness, it's God's righteousness. In other words, we are able to come into his presence, even though we had made mistakes. Jesus washed away all our sins. We believe unto righteousness. And then look at the latter part of this, verse 10. It says, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, what you say is what brought your salvation. In other words, what must I do to be saved, Paul said. I mean, he said to Paul in Acts 16. And Paul's answer, and so was Silas. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. So what do you think that uh, jailer did? Well, I don't know if I wanted to. No, he said, I believe. And then Paul said, okay, you going, buddy. What did the thief do? Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, all righty. Well, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And guess what? We're going to be with him in paradise too because we believe.